This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. Um, I just wanted to mention, uh, if you weren't here last week and you didn't hear about triplets, um, not twins and quintuplets, etc., triplets, um, ask, ask about what it's about. Well, I shall tell you briefly. Um, we're, we're evolving life groups into threesomes to get together and to uh, focus on discipleship and serving and evangelism. And there is more detail. Uh, watch the podcast that Mark gave. Um, so this is a way we're moving forward as a fellowship. Praise God. Good time of worship. And uh, God is good all the time. Amen. So, I hope not to be very, very long. And I'm sure you'd all agree. Are you awake? Do you want to stand up and stretch and wake up and down? And... Okay. Right, so one of them's alive this morning. That's good. So, Father, I ask you to take this word and expand it into something more. Increase it, Lord. Father, this is your eternal word. It comes from an eternal source. It comes from a, a source that is dynamic and amazing. And so, Father, we're asking you to bring the amazing of heaven into our hearts, into our midst, and uh, cause it to be something great and lasting. And help me, Father, as I deliver the word this morning. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask a question. Have you ever lost anything? Yes. 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 Likewise. If Corinne was here, she'd know I'm always losing things. And have you ever left something somewhere? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's more my style. Well, I shouldn't confess that. I'm trying to get better at that. Okay, another question then. If you did leave something somewhere, how bothered were you to go back and get it? Or if you lost something, how bothered were you to look for it and find it? I know there are some things I thought, sack it, can't be bothered. It's not worth it anyway, is it? I've lost quite a few things, and um, sometimes in the scheme of things, some things are more valuable than others. And some things are worth fighting for, aren't they? Okay, so I want us to jump into the Bible. This is the Bible. It's the Word of God. And um, I recommend it highly. Apparently, it's the world's bestseller. How many have read their Bible this week? No, don't show me your hands. Well done. It's life. Let me encourage you. It is life, life, life. If you're struggling and you're not in the Word, well, start in the Word. Start in the Word because it will do you good. It's God's message to us. You know, you say, I don't know what God's saying. Well, start reading. You'll find out. He's speaking. And it's easier to read the Word than it is to tune into heaven sometimes. But really, this is the, um, the translation of heaven's words into our hearts. So, 1 Samuel chapter 30 Really? Is that where it is? Is that where I'm reading from? Oh, it is. That's right. Okay, fair enough. Right, I'm going to read quite a lot of scripture. So bear with me. But 
It's an obedience to God's word. It says, let there be the public reading of scripture, because it's very good. There's power. Okay, so we're going to read about David, King David. Uh, Now it happened from verse 1 in chapter 30 of 1 Samuel. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They didn't kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. This is the guys who've gone out to be with him, and now they're turning against him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You can underline that if you like. There's a preach, but I'm not going there. Then David said to Abiathar, Abiathar, however you'd like to pronounce his name, the priest, anyway, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. Now, the ephod was like a priestly garment that you had to put on when you went to minister to the Lord. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men who were with him, and came to the brook Bezo, where those who stayed were le- where those say that again slowly, where those stayed who were left behind. Basically, those who couldn't, didn't have the energy to pursue. They were so weary, they could not cross the brook. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate, and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake, a, a piece of a cake of figs, and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, but he hadn't eaten bread or drink, um, or had drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite, and my master left me behind, because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah, and of the southern area of Caleb. We burned Siklag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing, because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the hand of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Just say, recovered all. With conviction, recovered all. 
that's better, but I think you need a bit of training on that. Okay. Our strapline as a church this year is... Very good. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, stepping out, inviting in is the sort of the, the phrase. And um, I want to hang this word on that because it is about the stepping out. It is about doing something. So in terms of this passage, which seems quite brutal, lots of blood and guts in this, uh, in this book, what do we as a church want to go after what do we want to pursue? What do we want to recover? That maybe we've left behind somewhere. For those of us who've been here since the beginning or the very early days, we could look back and see perhaps we're not at the place that we were in some regards. What is it that we want? Because I believe the word to us from God is pursue. Overtake and recover everything. Ooh, I'll have some of that. Now, metaphorically, clearly, it doesn't always work because maybe there's stuff that we've never come into. So how can you recover it? Well, you could argue the church fathers had it and we need to come get that back. But bear with that analogy. So what do we want as a church to pursue, overtake and recover? Well, for one, you should be shouting me down right now, but never mind. What about health and healing? Yes. I'm pursuing it. You know, last week, thank God, Paul and Mark prayed for me. I, I had been feeling pretty off and, I, and it definitely was attack. I wasn't well for a lot of the week and uh, they prayed for me <clears throat> And it went. I've had a really good week. I believe that that attack was because of the men's gathering. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I've had a really good week, health-wise. And guess what? When I woke up this morning, da -na 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 -na. I thought, da -na 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 -na. I'm not feeling so great this morning. -da 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 -da. But I got out my Bible. There is violence required in this kingdom. And I got out my 100 healing scriptures and I started meditating on this truth. I said, I'm not having it. I'm refusing it. You see, the promises of God are tested. When you make a stand, there will be resistance. And that's what Christians don't understand. They think, well, it should be blessing, shouldn't it? Well, yeah. It should be, but it will be contested because we live in a world that is dominated by the prince of the power of the air. And he does not want the king of glory to extend his kingdom. So if you want to extend something, the analogy is push the boundary. So it takes effort. It takes focus. So what else do we want to pursue? Faith? For what? We need to use faith. It's got to be... So what are we going to use our faith for? Yes. Let's have some salvation in the house, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. Come on, let's pursue 
and step out to take some lies for Jesus. Just for the record, I don't mean killing people. Okay, those who are listening and tuning in. We want to see people born again. We want to see their lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus. So that's what we're going to pursue this year, partly. Um, Maybe some other things. But I think that's a good one to be pursuing. We want to overtake people with the love of God. We want to see Jesus overtake them, overwhelm them with his amazing, chain-breaking love. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, I have come to seek and save the lost. I've come to look for them. You know, if you're going to seek something, it implies that it's not immediately obvious where it is. You're going to have to look. You're going to have to scratch your head a bit and think, well, where is it? So how do we do this stuff? How do we step out in our pursuit? Well, shall we look back in that passage? What did David do? It's not tricky. Shout it out loud. What did he do? Wow, yes. I didn't think of that bit, but he strengthened himself. He was at a really low point. This was like disaster. And where's more my support around me? Ah, they want to stone me. I mean, that's great. You sort of go to a friend and say, oh, just encourage me. And you pick up a rock to, to bung my way. Thought, Whoa, okay, I won't be going that way. I won't be going that Whoa, hey. Ooh, okay. God help. Go up. So David encouraged himself in God. Now, that is a preach. Um, and I don't want to go there, but... Like Mark said, he's sat on the bathroom floor. Oh, God, I know this is not from you. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, Jesus. I don't receive this. This is how you strengthen yourself in God. You say everything might be railing against you. But as for me and my heart, I will say I serve the Lord. That's what you do. You preserve the bit you can preserve is what my confession is. What I declare to believe truth to be. If that makes sense. So then following on from that, he strengthened himself and then he inquired of God. And how did he inquire of God? What did he do? He had to do something practical. He called the priest. But we are all priests, of course. So we don't have to call Mark and say, come and help. I mean, you can do that, but um, we are all priests. But yes, he got the linen ephod. So basically, he clothed himself with the robe that was the appropriate garb to wear when you came before God. Now, I'm making a point here because it's easy to become flippant in prayer. Um, There's nothing wrong with saying those one-off prayers and help me God and Lord I need help with this and give me some ideas here and there. But sometimes when we, we have to take the posture very consciously to come before God and sit down and say Lord... I'm reaching into you I, and I'm calling. There, there are some things here that I'm looking at that I don't want to see in 12 months time. I want to see change. I want to see something shift. And so I'm coming before you and I'm requesting salvation. I'm requesting that we are healthy as a community. Not just that, we're so healthy that we start praying for our neighbours who are sick and they get better. 
Sorry, that you're, you're right there. You're getting blessing today. You're getting anointing. You're going to go home with. Um, so we have to posture ourselves. We have to make a conscious decision. Say, I, I need to spend quality time with God. I need to really come and be real with him and think about my next 12 months ahead, maybe, or whatever it is. It's however you do it. Um, I used to hear about people who used to set goals. And Steve Blacker is a guy who likes to set goals. Don't know whether he still does. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying. But he would set goals about where he wanted to be in six months' time or whatever and what he wanted to achieve. And I hated it. I said, I'm not a goals person. I don't like goals. And it just irked me. He didn't irk me at all. He's a great guy. But just that approach didn't suit me. I didn't like it. But I didn't. I realised, actually, there were goals so rooted in, in me, I didn't realise that I was a goal-driven person, but it was so much part of my life, I was so focused on, that's what I want to see in my life. I want to see God come in greater measure. I want to be used of God. I want to be changed. I want to be cha a changer of other people. So I didn't realise that I actually had goals. But sometimes you've got to measure them. You've got to say, okay, this time next year, how many people do we want to see born again as a community? And we need to be having those conversations. So in your triplets, talk about what could you really believe for? Because God has this amazing ability to answer those prayers and those reaches. He will do something. So we need to think about how many families do we want to see added in? Now, it's not about numbers. I'm not talking about that. It's coming from a heart of love. We want to see people's lives bettered. We want to see people get out of the misery of just hopelessness and what's the point of life. We want them to meet the saviour, their creator. That's where it's coming from. It's not about numbers. Although it is numbers because as somebody said recently, there's a book in the Bible called Numbers. So they must be important. So it started with prayer and seeking God. He was deliberate and he took the priestly garment to go before the Lord. So, what happens next? He inquired of God. And what happened? It's not rocket science, by the way. Um, God spoke. Whoa, hallelujah. That's encouraging, isn't it? How many times have you prayed and you felt like the heavens were as brass? Yeah. You think, God, I can't hear you. He will speak. We do have to be listening. Pray the prayer, fire it up. And trust that you will receive guidance. You'll receive an answer. It might be they're actually, we're not asking the right thing. We're not saying the right thing. So sometimes it's hard to answer. Did you notice, actually, when people ask Jesus questions, he didn't always answer them. He said something else. And he's like, huh? But wait a minute. You know, God is on another wavelength. I mean, it doesn't mean that we can't relate to him, but sometimes we have to realise maybe the question in my mind isn't the question God wants to answer. He wants to say something else, which actually we will be far more helpful to us if we learn to hear what he's saying to us. And you think, ah, so that was a question I should have been asking. I hope I'm not tying you up in, in tangles this morning. So... David inquired of God, he prayed, God spoke. And then what happened? 
David did something. Okay? He acted on what God said. Okay? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's not complicated. So we need to take action as we step out. It isn't just going to be some airy-fairy thing. When we're in the triplets, we start talking about practical things. So we pray. We say, Lord, what, what is it that you want us to be doing? What, what, what could we do? Let's just have an open mind, a blank canvas. Let God start sowing ideas. And it's going to be different for everyone. It may be that you have a feeling to ring somebody up. And it came out of the blue. And you didn't think that was an answer to prayer. But God was stirring you about somebody to call them. And then it twigs. I think that was Holy Spirit. Ah. Aha. Right then. In that case, before I ring them, or maybe it was after you've had the conversation with them, you think... I could be praying for them. In fact, our triplet could be praying for them. Maybe God is drawing that individual. I think that's the person God wants me to focus on. That's the one. It doesn't just have to be one. It could be more. So in this way, we are pursuing and overtaking a person's life to see them recovered and come into that place of restoration. And it's important that when we set our goals, when we set our aims, that we remind ourselves. Because you can start pursuing something and then give up because you were distracted en route. It's very easy. You can forget stuff. And then you lose your focus, you lose your momentum, and then you're sort of feeling dissatisfied with life and a bit aimless so we need to encourage each other i i you know listen to prophetic words that people are delivered given and i re- i just happen to remember things and i will go up to that person and i'll say hey how's it going i remember there was this word prophesied over you i want to encourage you and it just as an aside here over 18 months ago marge russell's sister can't remember her name now But we bumped into her at a conference, and we'd never met her before, but we just happened to talk, and Karen said, oh, she looks ever so familiar. And then we realised who she was and whatever. And she looked at me and she went, shed talk. I said, I beg your pardon. Okay, shed talk, fine. Men getting together, she said. You know, I don't know, something about it. Anyway, that's, that's a word for you. Last Sunday... There was a fulfilment of that. And it dawned on me that I'd forgotten all about that. But hey, God is at work. And when he speaks, it might take time. And yeah, okay, I admit, I've forgotten. Not totally. So it's not good for analogy. But it's good for encouragement. What I'm trying to say is sometimes it takes time. And it's good to try to remember what God is saying. And the encouraging thing for me was it didn't, I didn't try to make this happen. I just thought, I'm just going to let it go. And then it started to happen because something happened on the inside of me of a desire that came from heaven for something to happen. And it just all seemed to fall into place. Um, So that was my pursuing something. 
and seeing, I remembered when actually the process was, was, was happening that, hey, I remember there was this word about shed talk. This is God. And I thought, right then, I'm going to stick with it and push through. Okay. Right, so remind ourselves frequently of what God has showed us and stay with it. Pursue, overtake and recover all. Stepping out and inviting in. And that's all I'm going to say today. Oops, if I don't fall over first. Maybe we ought to invest in something a little more stable. So, another question. What is God asking you to do? Well, if you're not part of a triplet, I will say to you that God is probably encouraging you to become part of a triplet. And what is he saying to you as to who in that group? Or what is he saying to you about the actions you should be taking or the people he's wanting you to start to bring before him? Because God really does have um, things for us to extend in and increase in. So we can just spend some time just contemplating that and thinking about it. Um, and that was much shorter than I was anticipating, which is fine because it's 10 past 12. So. Does anybody have anything they want to share that's stirring them that you think, hmm, actually, maybe it's a testimony or something they feel that I've not said that I should have said? Because um, it's not all down to me. No pressure on anybody. But we are the gathered body. We don't have to do it the same way every time. Is anybody encouraged? Yeah. Good, that's two. Um, just encouragement, really. Um, don't try and be somebody you're not. Um, just go to God and just, yeah, be with him every day, um, talking to him. Um I've done tried doing that more and more because uh, you know it really does have an impact in your life in certain areas, and um, I've got to um, be, I'm faced with going for an op, and um, I was talking to one of my bosses, and um, she said um, something about being very strong, but my strength is in the Lord, not in myself. Mm-hmm. And she said that, and she said it's your faith in God that's, uh, you know, can see it. Um, you know, that's going to get you through it. And I, I haven't said anything, I haven't really had an opportunity to actually talk about my faith or give my testimony or anything like that. But it's just, it's living with God day in, day out. But don't try and be like somebody else. God's got your plan, your answers. You know, if you just come and ask him. Uh, so be encouraged. Just come before God and get words for yourself and be encouraged. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's really good. Anybody else want to add anything in? Pat, I'll come over. When you were asking about what we're going for in the next year, I was thinking of something um, I read that Jen Johnson said. She, she said, I want Jesus to get get everything he died for. 
when you were talking about, you know, seeing people come to know Jesus, that's what I'm thinking of, that Jesus gets the reward for everything he died for. So I find it difficult to think about abstract souls, but I think about people and the way that people have major challenges and breakdowns in health and family and relationships. And um, I know for us, you know, Pete, Pete's got over 140 young people in his year that he's pastorally leading. And every day he'll come home and talk to me about maybe two or three of them that have got major presenting things. And we've just been praying for them. So I'm looking forward to, in my triplet, whatever that turns out to be, that we are just going to be seeing Jesus get what he died for in those young people's lives. Wonderful. Can, can you imagine that Jesus' passion to see his reward for what he suffered for? He's pursuing something, isn't he? And he wants to overtake the world, world domination. That's Jesus' plan. Um, so, you know, he's right behind us in this. Let's capture that sense of you know, when you've been through something, Mark Kelly, it changes something about your attitude, doesn't it? About, right, I'm not having any more of this. You know, when you've suffered something, it changes you. And even though it didn't come from God, you, you become a better person if you allow it to work something. Allow Jesus to say, come on, see other people are suffering like this. So you want to stop that. You want to see people set free from stuff. Yeah. Anybody else want to add anything particular, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I went down with the flu um, just before Christmas, and that's um, partly our busiest time at work before Christmas and after Christmas um, because it's the end of the calendar year and there are all sorts of things that have to be done. And. To begin with, I was so ill, I couldn't feel frustrated. But once I started getting a bit better, I started feeling very frustrated with the fact that I wasn't there to do everything that I should be doing. I wasn't there to cook Christmas lunch. Somebody else had to do it. Um, so I reckon that I'm having to learn very hard lesson that, you know, I'm not indispensable. Um, and... I've also found that even when I was at my absolute worst and hallucinating with the temperature and everything, I knew that God was there. Mm -hmm. And there's a point at which you just know he's there and you say, hi, God, and that's all that you can manage. Um, but he's okay with that. Mm -hmm. It's not like that you've, you've got to achieve some goal. I suppose this is, this is what I'm having to... To, to face up to that um, I don't have to perform, I don't have to do certain things in order to merit God's love and, um, and blessings. Actually, you just do, um, you just be yourself and love God and tell him what's really going on, being honest with him and allow him to work through you and for you. And you know, there's been all sorts of things I've been praying about for ages, and I'm starting to see things happen. I feel like there are things that are coming into line that um, I, I've been thinking and praying about for ages. And I'm just sitting back and 
praying for things and things are starting to happen. Isn't that amazing that you realise that, yeah, you've got to work like it's all up to you, but you pray like it's all up to God. And, and that's a really important bit of that equation, <laughs> that, that God knows what he's doing. He loves us so much. He knows what's happening with us. And even when things look really bad, he can work it all out for good. When we put our hands into his hands, he can work absolutely everything for good in teaching us and training us and we become the people he wants to be. And um, he just sorts things out in just the most amazing way that we can't possibly think or imagine. Because his ways are so much greater than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. We can't work it out. In fact, I've got to the point with God that sometimes I think, I'm not going to imagine how you're going to do it. Because if I imagine it, you'll deliberately do something different. <laughs> um, but yes, he's, he's great. So no matter what things look like on the outside, know that God loves you. Know that he's working out everything for good. Great, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to, as I'll probably draw it to a close here. Anybody else? Um, just a little testimony as we finish. Um, on Tuesday, I was... Um, I mean, I woke up. I don't know what it's like for you at work, but usually during my week, there's a day or two that are just like, what hit me? Just the stuff, and your head is all over the place. On Tuesday, I got up, I read the Bible a bit, I prayed a bit, and I'm thinking, I just feel like I'm a zombie today. I'm just, what's going on? And there were so many things I was going from one thing to another to another to another at work. And I remember getting up and praying. I was just, it would, Jesus, I'd just love to meet you. I'd just love to meet you. I just, it would just be so great. You know, I hear about these stories, Jesus, and just people meeting you. You just turn up. They walk around a corner, there you are. And it's like, whoa. Well, there you are, stood at the end of the bed, and they have really encounters with you, and they talk to you like a person speaks with their friend, as it says. And I was praying that, and it was like a real heartfelt sort of cry, and I felt like life was in control of me, I was bouncing from one thing to another. And um, I got to, it was about 20 to 1, and I finally got out of a meeting, and I, I thought, I just need to um, send a text or something. And so I, I pressed the little phone button and flicked up the screen, and there's a screensaver, and you, you swipe, and you probably know what I'm talking about. You swipe the screen, and up comes all the little applications on my phone. To my utter amazement, and I thought God has got a sense of humour, because I'm thinking, where on earth did this come from? I flicked the screensaver up, and whose face was staring back? It was a picture of Jesus. I mean, it was just like, excuse me? I was, what? And so I do not know how this happened, but I'd obviously got onto the internet and I'd got onto some video of the film Jesus. I mean, it was just like remarkable. I mean, I, I, it's, I don't access that stuff very often at all. And here it was. And I thought, do you know what? He heard that prayer. Yes. He responded. And also, it was in that place of God help me. I, I, I'm sort of bouncing about here. I, I mean, I was full of faith and everything, but it was felt like life was in control of me, as I said. 
But he hears and he answers. And I thought he's got a sense of humour as well. He's not all serious and pious and moral. It, it just made me laugh. I laughed out loud. So let us be blessed in this journey. Let's be encouraged. Let's make it fun. What is the point of living life? boring and over serious and everything else let's have a blast in all of this you know god's got great adventures for us thanks for listening to this sermon from freedom church we'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us find out more about us on social media just search freedom church leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church.com